no, no, it's too true, mate. Too true. Too true. Listen. This is a podcaster in its natural habitat. See the cans of drink arrayed around the recording studio of still a remarkably expensive Shure SM78B as the microphone. In the United Kingdom right now, bills are going through the roof. And while many people are focusing on the ills that that causes the common working man and indeed small businesses who can no longer afford their rent in addition to their energy bills, a more hidden victim goes undiscussed. <laughs> With more and more people cancelling their Patreon subscriptions in order to afford their bills, this country's podcasters are experiencing hardships unlike any other animal ever in the history of the world ever. Yeah, it's fantastic. Remember to go to our Patreon. For just £5 a month at com slash Patreon, you too <laughs> can contribute to preserving this fascinating and completely useless species. You hear what Andrew Tate said the other day on his on his podcast when he was on with Jar Rogan. Alice, Abby, and Nate all have other ventures that get the money, but I am a useless little fuckhead. And if I can't have your money, I will die. No, it's fucking. Let me pull it up, mate. Let me pull it up. It's absolutely mental, and he said this to him. Please, if I have to get a real job, I'll die. have to choose someone else to face off against besides the Russians all the time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kill James Bond. I am Alice Gordor Kelly and joining me as always are my friends Abigail Thorne and Devin. Hey. How's it going? Hi. We're almost done with Jack Ryan, I promise. Almost done, <laughs> oh baby. my god. This is, it's getting to be a trial now. We watched The Sum of All Fears. Uh, they recast this fucker again. Because it's a prequel. It's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a reboot as much as a prequel. Yeah, because it's a prequel, but it's, it's before Hunt for Red October, but also it's 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they cast Ben Affleck. Batman. A, a quite young Ben Affleck. Young as, as hell. As Jack Ryan. Ben Affleck. How cute is he? 11 out of 10, according to this film. Very mm. kind of average looking twink Ben Affleck. 12 out of 10, yeah. actually, is the 12, line. 12, 12, I'm sorry. Affleck. Unbelievable. Mm. We, we don't start with twink Affleck. No. We start in Israel. Oh, because yeah. Uh-oh, I'm going to get more weird messages on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you may be familiar with, with the Yom Kippur War, where in 1973... Uh, Egypt and Syria invaded uh, Israel, which led to its its current borders when they won that war. Um, I got no strong opinions. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And and a helpful sort of like intertitle tells us that uh, at the beginning of the war, it seemed as if Israel's ground forces were going to be overrun. And because they were risking being overrun and the existence of the state was threatened, Israel put up an F-4 uh, uh, fighter bomber jet 
We're armed with one nuclear bomb. And already, already, less than a minute in, we get to some historical revisionism, because this is not true. Israel, in order to uh, force Nixon's hand into something called Operation Nickel Grass, which uh, resupplied all of their losses and turned the war around for them, a very sort of noisily armed 13 nuclear warheads, oh. uh, including Jericho intermediate-range ballistic missiles targeted at Damascus and Cairo. Wow. Sounds less heroic when you put it like that. Yeah. Also, like, we see the, we see this jet go up with one nuclear bomb, and the soundtrack, it tells us that we're meant to feel that this is noble to potentially end all life on Earth. And also the pilot yes. is distracted because he, he's looking at a picture of his family so that we sympathize with the man who was prepared to fire a nuclear missile. He was flying a nuke toward, like, not even, not even Palestine. He was flying a nuke towards, like, Syria or Egypt. Yeah, Cairo. Yeah, well, it, was, it was the Golan Heights of Syria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, it would be towards Syria. But mm. we're, we're very early into this movie, and it's already done better than Israel ever has by admitting that they have nukes. <laughs> Which is something <laughs> that Israel true. has never formally admitted. Yes, um, one That's of the many too. things, actually. Yeah, but but because he's oh, looking at a picture of his family like a sentimental little bitch, he gets owned. Yeah. Um, Syrian air defense just shoot him down with the surface-to-air missile. Um, the plane comes down, the bomb comes down with it, uh, and as we well know, nuclear weapons are in general designed to survive a plane crash. There's still one in a field in one of the Carolinas that a B-52 dropped there by accident. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fenced off now. Why haven't they dug How? it out? Just by a fence. How strong's the fence? What are we uh -huh. talking here? Chain link? It's pretty weak. It's, like... Yeah, it literally is just a chain link fence and a sign that says, do not enter nuclear weapon. Why haven't they removed it? I don't know. There, there's, there's like, there's a couple that have like ended up in the ocean off the Canaries. There are a couple in Iceland, like the U.S. Air Force has sort of dumped loose nuclear weapons across a few places. Okay, we're back in a few days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. Yeah, so, we can. Yeah, <laughs> s sending an email to the gender identity clinic. The beginning, yes! unless my demands are I'm met, ten thousand estrogen pills unmarked in a coast, <laughs> dropped, in a bag dropped off the coast of Burma. <laughs> um, but, but so we, 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 we know that the bomb is still there, the plane is still there, and it's, it's going to be forgotten about. It's going to be yeah. you know, covered by the literal sounds of time, right? Executive producer Tom Clancy says the credits, which yes. prompts me to ask, did he disavow this one? He did. Yes, he did. This is a particular really artifact of cinematic one. history. He recorded a DVD commentary track oh, with so the good. director. Really? And... I didn't pull any drops from this because I couldn't find it, but I've seen transcripts of it, and in large part it is him sort of bullying the director for various decisions that you need to do in order to adapt this fucking 800-page doorstopper into a film. Uh, and just going, yeah, it's bullshit, that wouldn't happen. It's so good. <laughs> I love Tom Clancy, he's possibly the biggest piece of shit in the world. Uh, <laughs> but he's dead. So, yes, yes he is. My man disavowed um, his own funeral. <laughs> yeah, if you fail, Tom Clancy will disavow all knowledge of your activities. And if you succeed! <laughs> so, so we go to present day, 2002, uh, Virginia, where the president and his entourage are being hurried to an underground command bunker at Mount Weather, where they are sort of uh, confronted with the Russians having launched nuclear weapons, and we can kind of tell already, even before they admit it, that this is an exercise. I was fooled. Really? Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, me too. No, the the I'm, I'm happy to well, How could you tell? Go on. Because they're all very like practiced and unhurried and polished. He pulls out the little like um uh, card with the launch codes on it. He's like, yeah, my thing's second from the top. Go go ahead and like launch on my order. Well, I, I thought this was I thought this was you know as you would imagine it to like be it. in a movie, and I, I like what yeah. they did with it later too. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's it's good. We see the president order a retaliatory nuclear strike uh, on Russia, which has like launched nuclear weapons against the US. But we, we do that basically in order to A, show you what the process is like, mm-hmm. and B, show that the president is tough and decisive. Mm-hmm. This scene is absolutely chocked full of guys we like to see, so the president really of the United States true. is James Cromwell, and, and my god, the US would be a better place if that were true. Uh, Morgan yep. Freeman is there as uh, yep. director of the CIA. Director of the- Yes, yeah. And also Philip Baker Hall is back. He's now Defense Secretary. In the previous film, he was Attorney General, but he's still around, I guess, in this administration. Love to see him. And we go through the whole process of him ordering the strike, which is, you know, an Air Force guy opens the the briefcase, the nuclear football, and and sort of says, as part of the thing, an ID ID check must be performed. Mm Uh, and under the two-man rule, a second ID check has to be performed, and two guys have to like read off the things from their ID cards and commit to the to the strike. Have to commit to this program. That's right. Yes. Yeah. The the ID card thing. I don't know. He could just be making that up. It could just be an elaborate prank by the Department of Defense. He could say anything. He's got know? the football. Who's going to argue? Yeah. Yeah. I'd exactly. use a fingerprint it, scanner personally. But, all right. In, in in order to conduct the strike, a penis inspection must be performed. Can't can't be faked. Yeah. Second penis inspection also has to be performed. Mr. President, let's see that hog. Mm-hmm. Whip it um, out, big man. Yes. They use his yeah. they use his like call sign for it as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so as as the president gets his dick out, he is interrupted by a phone call from his wife. Says, Why are you uh, getting a dick him, out? Yeah, about some like wifely bullshit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I, I go I go Women. go because it's the because of my bitch wife, I can't do nuclear war today. Uh, I can't play gentlemen, war games. Women be shopping. That's true. That's true. Um, and and so they co- <laughs> the fucking like Russia call off the exercise. being interrupted by the wife. Full caps. It's just very funny to me. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, yes. wife yet again. Hate wife so much. Yeah, and, and we see him and More like last uh, lady. Uh, ugh. <laughs> him and Morgan Freeman, uh, director Bill Cavett walk out of the bunker, and it's kind of a joke to them, Cabot's like, we gotta stop using just the Russians mm-hmm. for this. Uh, which, hope you like the last hour of this movie, dude. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, listen, I'm, I'm not that worried about Russia, I'm worried about, like, the guy who has one nuclear weapon, not the one who, the guy who has, like, thousands and thousands. Mm. Yeah, me. Uh, mm. Yeah. Also, uh-huh. also, the president pronounces it nuclear. Which yeah, very nuclear. funny. Mm. To be fair, there have been presidents who have done that. That's, oh, that's yeah. true, that's true. This this president, President Fowler, he's sort of like Clinton, I guess. Like, there's literally a Clinton joke in this movie as well. He seems like a muscular liberalism guy. He's like, he was in Vietnam, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah he says he was a, a marine officer in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he also sends Morgan Freeman to to Russia to go see what the vibe is to check the vibes of of their guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, specifically, Morgan Freeman, we hear, is going to go. To Russia to to help oversee their decommissioning efforts. They're like as like yes. as uh, I think Russia and the US have been for a few years. They've been like engaging and gradually decommissioning their nuclear arsenals and like helping yeah, each other. Yeah, the Start treaties and Salt One and Salt Two. Sure. Um, 
yeah, we also see that the Russian president uh, is sort of like a thinly veiled Yeltsin, right? He drinks too much. He's very unhealthy. And we cut to the CIA and the CIA office CIA where a young Jack Ryan works. They really are CIA clowns in this because it's kind of like the fun locker room CIA. Yeah. Like they have banter. They're like, oh, he's gaining weight because his suit doesn't fit so good. And they're speculating about which of his staffers are like having sex with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and and their boss, who is the only woman in the room, sort of wanders through and goes, "Yeah, find out find out who's fucking who. This is good information." It's like, also, I'm it? pregnant because you know yes. what women are like. Women be like this. It's not just that women be like this. It's like this that you know y- you as a man can have fun in the office, and then your boss, is, if she's a woman, is your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. And then also, like, is it good intelligence? Like, yeah, I guess it's worth looking at whether or not uh, Yeltsin is gaining weight, but they're not looking at it. They're just, like, flexing on him. They're just going, like, oh, he looks like a fat piece of shit right now. Yeah, they're just owning Yeltsin in his comments section, which is totally uncalled for. Yeah, it's, um, it's like Enemy of the State. There's just a bunch of guys watching it and, like, riff-tracking it. Yeah, I, and it makes you wonder, as with Enemy of the State, did the CIA not have anything else to do in the sort of late 90s, early 1000s? can't think of like, anything, no. No, you see so. all of these, all of their desks, like covered with like um, files and stuff. It's like one of those says Bin Laden determined to strike inside the United States, mm-hmm. and they're just like, ah, look at this fucking piece of shit. Um, then we see we see two things. Um, one is that the nuclear weapon is found in the desert by two dudes, um, one of whom looks strikingly like Barry Chuckle, which is two, very funny. <laughs> two, two, two dudes really who good. look like Bedouin, which that. They aren't in the Galan Heights. Yeah. Imagine if, if Barry Chuckle was was part of the Bedouin. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the first thing this movie yeah. wants you to know about Arabs is that they're stupid. Yes. So they to me to you and they drop the nuclear weapon and it doesn't go up. Yeah. And and then and sort of a a hatch on it opens and one of them like sticks his arm in there. It's like, hey, it feels fucking warm in here. Uh, pro- probably not going to worry about that. That's not going to come back to bite me in like an hour of movie. Or that's so. fine. I think. I think that's fine. Probably. Yeah, and they also want to mm. sell it. Yes. Yeah. For scrap. Uh, the the second thing that happens is we see a guy. Oh, we, we see, see a, a fucking, fucking guy. Guy. <laughs> uh, so so we see a, a very nice, well mannered, sort of like goateed European man. Uh, looks a bit like sort of like Hans Gruber has aged about twenty years and put on some weight. Hans Gruber got in the machine from the fly with Eddie Izzard. Oh, like yeah, former yeah, pre-transition yeah. Eddie Izzard. Yeah, uh, and he's he, he's giving like a lecture about U.S. foreign policy and Russian foreign policy in Chechnya. Uh, he he has one of what are a number of baffling lines in this movie where he says that Chechnya is uh, is like a beautiful virgin and is also part of Europe. And that Europe should have an independent destiny, and rather than like being caught in between the U.S. and and Russia. And what happens is when he starts talking about Europe having independence and Europe being sort of like a power in its own right, sinister music starts. Like kind of like this, this is so funny. <laughs> we pan around the podium, oh around God. the lectern that he's lecturing from, and we see that he's taken off his watch. He's left his watch on the thing. And on the back of the watch is a fucking engraved swastika. So good. And when this happened, I had to pause the movie for about 15 minutes just to sort of like put my head in my hands, really reflect on this. 
and then go find all of the bits in the OSS movies where the Nazis just put swastikas in places and post them in the group chat. Not since we did Lupin the Third have we have we run into a Nazi quite so surprisingly. Yeah, an unexpected Nazi. You're talking this about is, Adolf Hitler. I think it's not it's, it's, great it's, it's, for us, just sort of psychologically, for every time we see a Nazi in one of these movies, we sort of start cheering. <laughs> like, they're doing the Nazi like, thing again! When I Let's saw Hitler, I stood up and clapped. Stood um, up and clapped. But I suppose it is, It is. I have seen, like, actual real-life Nazis talk, use this dog whistle of, like, Europe must have our own destiny and, like, Europe needs to be strong and stuff. So it's sure. not that bad. We'll talk a little bit later on, I think, about the portrayal of Nazis in this film when they get to their secret Spectre meeting. <laughs> It's just the flash. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my very god, much. I can't wait. <laughs> we actually we actually got this the wrong way around. What we happen what happens is we get the Nazis first and then we get the Arabs are stupid scene. So what mm. we do is we go directly from Hitler 2 to uh like desert Arabs and how stupid this movie thinks they are. Hitler 2. Yes. It's like Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, they just said that's a new Hitler. His name is literally Dressler. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. They just they just announced yeah. Hitler 2. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we also have to see that Jack Ryan, because he's young in this one, he's not married to his wife Kathy yet. He's They're dating, young. and so we have to see that Jack Ryan fucks. Yeah, Jack Ryan fucks. Jack Ryan he fucks. Jack Ryan fucks Bridget Monaghan, which phew, damn. Yeah. Hello. The the fact that they try to have some sort of like relationship drama midway through this, but there's absolutely no way to sell it because you know these two get married. Yeah, also, like, eh. this gets to another another beef I have with this, which is that Ben Affleck is too young. He is. He's an okay actor now, but he wasn't then. He's not a good enough actor yet. Yeah, he's thing. definitely like aged into his casting, I think. 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, uh, like... You can do that when you're She confronts him with the thing about, like, oh, you, you actually love me and we're gonna get married. And he's like... Uh, acting. Do you remember this? Do you remember that bit in The Rock where the girlfriend is like, "You want to get married to me?" I just, <laughs> I feel like that's the only yeah. story that movies from this era can tell. Is like, oh, my girlfriend like wants to be really serious, but I'm just a guy. Oh, geez, I gotta save the world. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, so we get a quick Yeltsin joke, Amen. which is Yeltsin is at the Kremlin. He's like, I don't know what everyone's complaining about. I am very healthy, and then instantly drops down dead of too much vodka. This one's genuinely like really funny. They grade it like it's a fucking like black and white show, and it's shot like one as well. So when he dies, he's like at the bottom of a staircase, and the shot is him at the bottom of the staircase, the staircase up, and then the person he's talking to like on the next level, and it's at a slightly Dutch angle. It's like it's just. It's a perfect pastiche of that kind of shot. Um, and as Mr. Color Grading, I just be like, ah, oh, colors. Yeah. The, I'll do this again later. H- h- him dying uh, precipitates Ryan being called into work on an emergency. He hasn't told his girlfriend that he works for the CIA. He's told her that he's a historian. I haven't told my girlfriend I work for the CIA either. <laughs> yeah, because I don't have one. Oh, I'm oh. <laughs> single to facilitate a parasocial relationship. Yeah, we're all single. That's we're right. all single. That's we right. love you, yeah. the audience, all of us, the most of all. all of us. Um, of you specifically. Yeah. You, yeah, the the oh, person listening to this. So, so she's she's like, why, what, what, why the fuck do you have a pager? Where are you going? What kind of emergent? What work emergency does a historian have? But he's out the door. Um, he's out the door, and he's experiencing. A, a, a sort of a religious experience I like to call the analyst's joy. 
which is going out <laughs> on a weird one, taking a slightly sort of off kilter prediction, and being fucking right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ryan has written this paper, which apparently no one has read, th- about the succession to the Russian presidency if Yeltsin goes, and he has picked out his guy, a guy called Nemirov, and no one believes him, no one reads him, no one cares, but he's fucking right. Mm-hmm. Every single analyst like spends their entire life dreaming about this happening, like, no matter what. Yes, it sucks. yes, yeah. Um, uh, and as a result, as a reward, he gets to hang out with replacement uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, prequel James yeah. Earl Jones, Morgan Freeman. Yes, yeah. They they literally just got a different sort of like older black statesman actor. And I was just like, yeah, d- do the same role. I didn't realise that these weren't the same characters until Morgan yeah. Freeman died later on, and then I was like, oh, oh, okay, I guess he's not James L. Johnson. All right. Yeah, quite genuinely, <laughs> I thought it was like a try to try to be the same character thing. Didn't I even for a second yeah. consider. The next, I would say, half an hour of this movie is essentially Morgan Freeman delivering lines like, You're about to breathe air that's way over your pig rate, so listen up. What the to, fuck does that Jack mean? Jack Ryan. Yeah, it, yeah. it means I have to steal a guy's shirts and tie and and suit jacket and put them on you. I have to dress you because you're a child. I I, I liked it when when Harrison Ford Jack Ryan was like kind of a, a bit of a geek, and I I don't believe that Ben Affleck is a geek. He's a different kind of like yeah. inattentive. He's like, oh, I'm just like too cool and like afraid of commitment to to like have a tie and a jacket whereas Harrison Ford was just like oh I don't know what tie to wear like it's it's different vibes I, I liked Harrison Ford but he felt more put upon yeah yeah I think this is just what's been happening to protagonists for the last couple of decades mm. there's there's a similar vibe with age to I don't really like and I'll, I'll see if I still feel this when we do the sort of like new new one but I don't really like a young Jack Ryan no. I like him being Young for the room. I like him being like the only guy who's still in his thirties or forties in a room full of sixty-year-olds. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. good for the character to me. But like, but slightly too old to be doing the action man shit. Yes, nice. yes. Anyway, Morgan Freeman takes him to uh, the intelligence committee, um, and they have like a really cool secure room where like they press a yes, button and, if- and the glass turns frosted. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I think I that's that. the, 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 they made they made a skiff a cool glass cube instead of just a room where a bored guy takes your phone off you. Mm-hmm. Um movies are amazing. That's cinema baby. That's Gina. That's the magic of the silver screen. The, the the chairman of the intelligence committee wants two things. He wants to know what Nemirov's deal is and he also wants to deliver uh, an, uh, an incredible line. He wants to get up there in front of uh, in front of them and say, "This morning, my wife woke up and said that I was old, bald, and ugly." Anyway, what about Russia? He genuinely like <laughs> he delivers that line. There's just a long pause, and Morgan Freeman's like, "Is was that a question?" Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, "What's hap- what are you doing, man?" <laughs> he gets up and he's like, "Release yeah. my wife." Um, but yeah, and also that's on the record now. That's staying. That's staying yeah. forever. There's also a sort of a running joke here. We see the pre- the president's done it earlier. We didn't mention it at the time, which is politicians can't get Russian names right. This guy yes. calls him like Nemzazov, uh, and, and like they keep putting z- weird Z's in there that don't belong. Mm-hmm. And I feel that this reveals some politics about this movie, which is okay in real life. Oh no, elected politicians are very stupid. We 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 agree mm-hmm. this. We true. know this. We've all seen Liz Truss. Mm-hmm. However, when a movie about the CIA makes the standpoint 
all of these guys are idiots and they need the CIA to fucking tell them how to pronounce a relatively straightforward name. That's ideology happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the CIA are also morons. Fools. Jokers of mm. the highest caliber. Yeah, jesters. Yes. Couldn't even kill Absolutely. Fidel Castro. <laughs> God, they really couldn't, though. <laughs> I had to do it for them and make it look like old age. They couldn't even stop me from stealing all these old nuclear weapons. I was the one who they sent in to kill him who just immediately got seduced. That was me. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure, me too. Um, happens to the best of us. We get to uh, another one of the traits of Ryan as a character that I actually really like, which is he is pathologically unable to shut the fuck up in a meeting. Yeah, that's yeah. I do. I respect this a great deal. <laughs> it, it it was good in Hunt for Red October. It's good here too. Because the chair of the intelligence committee is like, yo, Nemirov sounds like a bad guy. He's probably gonna fuck shit up in Chechnya. And Ryan is like whispering in Morgan Freeman's ear, like, yo, Nemirov actually rules. I read a paper on him. He's sick. He's nice. Met Don't worry about it. I met him at a party once. To Earth. Surprisingly yeah, funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morgan Very Freeman's kisser. like, shut the fuck up, dude. Thick hog, dude. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he, he like leans back and he's like whispering, you know, it, when I said I wanted your advice, I didn't mean you had to actually speak. And it's just like, you can feel the embarrassment coming off of that. It's really good. Yeah. Also, two, two things. Morgan Freeman then, in quick, in immediate succession, in fact, flirts with two dudes. He flirts with the senator because he goes, well, I don't care about what your wife said. I don't think you're ugly. Mm. Looking kind of nice with it, actually. Mm. And uh-huh. then... <laughs> Looking good, King. Wow. Yeah, and then he takes Ben Affleck outside and he's like, so you fuck your girlfriend with that dick, <laughs> essentially? Yeah. <laughs> and Affleck is like, uh, Ryan is like surprised that he knows who his girlfriend is, forgetting that he works for the CIA. Yeah, also, it's not on 100%. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, you you would have had to have filled out a form to be like, hey, can I have sex with this woman, please? Yeah, because um, of the goddamn woke college students these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? an, an, an informed consent form, <laughs> yes. We actually make um, our, our uh, employees sign that form also. I hear it. <laughs> that's me. right. We don't have employees. There's a, me. Uh, additionally, <laughs> all the three of us is, is what I mean. And our employees. Um mm. There's a there's a line earlier on where someone mentions that he's a that Jack Ryan is a CIA analyst because he was in the Marines and hurt his back. And first of all, hell yeah, man, absolutely. Sometimes you just hurt your mm-hmm. back. But also, sure. how fucking old were you when you were in the Marines? This dude is like twelve in this movie. Yeah, he's yeah. actually Robin I, from Batman and Robin. Yeah, I I think that you have to compress this timeline more and more so that like. I, I, I read this somewhere, I have no idea if it's true, I'm excited if I'm borne out by this at all, but in the new ones, uh, he, like, got injured. He didn't even, like, make it out of the Naval Academy before he, like, hurt his back. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Once again, hell yeah. yeah. I fully understand. Sometimes <laughs> you just hurt your back and you're like, Sometimes, Sometimes you get up wrong, you know? You just, yeah. you, you just, you're sitting in a chair and you get up a bit too quickly, and now you can't be in the Marines anymore. Some, it happens to a lot of people. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, and you turn your head a little too fast, <laughs> and you're like, oh my neck, I'm going to have to stay completely motionless for 48 hours. Yeah, I, I'm going to have fine. to not be in the Marines anymore. Um, at this point, we get a scene that is literally just rom-com. It's, it's sort yeah, of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, where, where Morgan Freeman is like, so, you know, what's your girlfriend like? Um... And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm so in love with her, but she's so afraid of commitment. Cut to her working at the hospital where she's like, oh, but he's so afraid of commitment. And I don't know what he does for a living, because he keeps he works in Washington, D.C. Uh, he keeps getting paged at weird hours of the morning, 
He says he's a historian, but that's clearly not true. I wonder what he does. Whenever he gets paged, it like coincides with major world news events. This woman's got a. This woman's a doctor. Just put it together. Yeah, she's she's a very busy woman. She's too busy to make deductions of this kind. I I, I think it's something that no one really understands without having like been there or lived there or you know known people who have. How much DC is like a small company town, and if you work for the CIA. Everyone fucking knows that. It's just everyone's like, yeah, sure, historian, okay. Um, it's um, it's stupid. Anyway, so we have we have their sort of romance set up, and now we have to learn some more about Arabs. Yes. So we already learned that Arabs are stupid. Now we have to learn that Arabs are easily cheated because they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. A mysterious white guy named Olsen has is is like inspecting the bomb. He's Jerk Vanderklug. He's a white South African guy. Yeah. He fully is Jerk Vanderklug. There's a line later on where Ryan goes, What's a South African doing in the Ukraine? I was doing a little job. Cancelled. Uh, Cancelled. Cancelled for saying the <laughs> Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Zelensky's going to be really, really upset about that after he's done banning people from unionizing. Uh, yeah, anyway. Taking photo yeah. shoots in Vogue. So he, he, he buys the nuke off of them, but he cheats them. He's like, oh, this is worthless junk, but because your son was killed in the war, I'll give you $400 for it. And then he sells it to the Nazis for $50 million, and it's quite funny because as he's doing this, he's watching Antiques Roadshow. Which I, I fucking wrote this, quite, it's yeah. so quite funny cute. to be yeah. a black market I, 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 guy just watching Antiques Roadshow in your hotel room. Incidentally, the Antiques Roadshow that he's watching goes, I found her in the attic of an old mansion house in an old part of Glasgow. So, you know, Glasgow That's very funny to have Antiques Roadshow happening under sinister music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, is, this is the other thing I love about Olsen, is that Olsen is so happy in his work. Yeah. Every, every single scene, he's like smiling, he's humming a little aria to himself, he's having a nice time. He happy. He's got a beautiful yeah, he's apartment it. in Damascus. He's, he's really, he's thriving. Um, being an international weapon smuggler. Um, he probably retired off the shit. Fifty million in two thousand and two was like shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As opposed to now, where it's you know nothing. You could probably it's pay like your energy bills for a bill. few weeks on that. Maybe you could buy half a flat. So R- Ryan has been dragged to 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 Russia to go with this this meeting, the CIA inspection. There's a funny scene on the plane where he's calling his girlfriend, like, "No, honestly, honey, I had an emergency as a historian." And Morgan Freeman's like, "Just tell you work for the CIA." And he's like, "Well, gosh, honey, I work for the CIA, and I gotta go to Russia to decommission nuclear weapons." And she hangs up, and Morgan Freeman's like, "Ah, you fucking dipshit." Yeah, this is deeply funny. I really enjoyed. I that. love interfering in the private lives of my employees. <laughs> yeah. Um... So they they meet the new president who is Kieran Hines, guy that another we love guy to we love. We love to see it. We should start keeping count of the guys that we love to see because this movie has a, a decent number of them. For like exactly point one of a second, when he turned around the first time, I thought it was Alan Rickman, and I was about to go ape shit. But this oh, is a phenomenal consolation so prize to me. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so the the thing about Kieran Hines is that he does most of his lines in Russian. His Russian is worse than mine. It's atrocious. Um, I was convinced. He is fully like Russian Gaevich, but he tries. He tries like intimidating Ryan a little bit or fucking with him a little bit by being like, 
uh, your thing was wrong because I don't actually fuck that much. Also, I'm going to go through an interpreter for this whole conversation. And Ryan calls his bluff because he knows he speaks English. And this initiates a sort of like mob movie like thing of, hey, I like this guy kind yeah, of yeah. thing. With a lot of slapping on the back. Hey, oh, I'm um, friends with the Russian president over here. Um, and then he has I do, a. I do think it's nice that the Jack Ryan series has now learned how to cast Irish actors. Um, it's just yes. making them play Russians. Could, couldn't have used them for anything else, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, they weren't available. All of them were off uh, on holiday when they were trying to make uh, Patriot games. It's a shame. Um, so then yeah. uh, President Nemirov has a very frank conversation with Morgan Freeman, um, where Morgan Freeman's like, yo, uh, what's the deal with Chechnya? And Nemirov's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he says that Chechnya is, yeah. quote, a nation of criminals. And Morgan Freeman's like, okay, sick, cool. I think this yeah. is just and, like uh, deeply funny to imagine reversed, right? Like a new president gets elected and the head of the SVR comes by with a bunch of guys and is like, what are you thinking about doing with Louisiana? Tell me now. What, what, what is the deal with Puerto Rico? Explain um, to me now, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just interesting. Explain, explain Hawaii to me. Mm. Um, but, but so, yeah. Um, the vibe here is interesting because we know that Ryan's contention is that Nemirov is basically a good guy. Um, yeah. And he's not a hardliner. And in fact, he is trying to like navigate between the hardliners and the military who might just like coup him otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the vibe here is very much like inside this Russian, there is an American trying to get out. <laughs> uh, yes. That, that's something that Tom Clancy loved doing. I think that's maybe one of the only aspects of this movie he wouldn't have disavowed. He did that with Captain mm-hmm. Ramius as well in Hunt for Red October. Yes, yeah, yeah, very much. Because he wasn't Russian, he was Lithuanian. To get his pushy surgery. You need a guy to to be able to reach across the aisle by going, I realise that you also want to be American. Mm -hmm. And I do. (laughs) I realise that you fucked in college, but only for the first two years. Um, Mm -hmm. For that, we're now buds. We're mates. So so they they also see his weird shadow guy, a guy called Grushkov, uh, who we're told is an old KGB guy. Another guy uh, we love to see because Michael, it's Michael Byrne. Uh, love him. Ah, okay. Love Fantastic. this actor. Another veteran of the Sharp series, which we'll have to get to at some stage. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and, and he's sort of like, he's mostly around to sort of be knowing and kind of like monk-like. Mm, yeah, so they go to the nuclear decommissioning facility and Ryan's like, hey, there's three guys on your staff list who aren't here. And Michael Byrne's like, don't worry about it. They are all out to lunch now. <laughs> Yes, all, all out to lunch at the same place. I've gone to Greg's. They are all getting about it. pizza. <laughs> Vegan sausage roll. Morgan Freeman's like, yo, these three guys are the exact guys you would need to build a bomb, and they're all missing. Yeah. The Russians don't know where they are. Yeah, so here's, here's my major point of contention of that. Um, why is it of note that three of the scientists working in the Russian nuclear weapons decommissioning facility have specialisms related to nuclear weapons? <laughs> I think they all do. Actually. They all should, yeah, yeah. I think these are the guys that you need to build a bomb. Everyone else is just fucking jerking each other off. The other fourteen guys fully extraneous. Just... Yeah, they, they actually all work in the catering department. Yeah. The the other the other thing I like about this is uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, his character he has a moment where he steps in the front door of this nuclear weapons thing. He's like, uh, sort of long-time veteran Cold Warrior being like, you know, I sent three guys to their deaths trying to infiltrate this place, and I just walked in the front door. It's a nice moment. Uh, I really like that. It's a nice nice sort of ties of history thing. Another nice moment is one of the scientists is wearing a shirt 
that they get him to translate and it's just like this guy's wearing a shirt to work that says uh i am a nuclear scientist if you see me running try to catch up and it's the, another <laughs> one of those classic yeah. like humanizing things that they love to do for the russians yeah that moment with Morgan Good. Freeman kind of ties into the theme of the film, which is like old, old fears from the past, in particular, the kind of fears that are encoded into military technology will will come back to haunt you. It's it's quite nice. Um, yeah, yeah, fully. Um, so we we see a very happy bomb smuggling guy put the the bomb in a crate, shipping it out of Haifa in Israel, and then we we come back to the United States and we meet. I think my favorite casting yet. Sort of very noir detective John Clark, played by Liev Schreiber. He's like he's standing there in the rain without an umbrella, waiting for Morgan Freeman. It's good. He's just just being sort of very grumpy. Like uh, Morgan Freeman's like, "Well, how's your Russian?" He's like, "Still works." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, cool. It's, just, it's really mm-hmm. it's good. I think it's, I think he's like he does some some of the best acting in this movie. Mm. Um, but he's like, "Okay, go to Russia." Find out where these guys are. Um, also, I need your tickets to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And it's very funny to imagine this kind of John Clark, this kind of like uh, very sort of dour guy, being excited to go and see I don't know Stephen Colbert at the yeah. White House Correspondents' Dinner. This is this is the guy that Willem Dafoe was playing, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So instead, Ryan gets to go with his girlfriend, who presumably now believes that he's CIA, because... Yeah. Yeah, because Morgan Freeman is, like, wingmanning him now. He's like, okay, you got to make up with your girlfriend by taking her to the, the hottest uh, event in town, the White House Correspondents' You've got to take it to a swimming pool, Jack Ryan, so that you can see her without makeup. <laughs> f- f- females are always trying to trick us, man. It's, 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 called, it's called peacocking, Ryan. Uh, you got to put on, like, a fascinating called Andrew Tate. Have you heard of him? Right. <laughs> what happens? You're drinking still water. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I the press, the White House press correspondence dinner is the weirdest fucking event in the world, as far as I'm what concerned. Like, you advice. get all of these dudes together, and then the president of the United States does amateur stand up for an hour. Yeah, and yeah, everyone has to be like, just that. "Great, well done, Mr. President." And they they show us a clip of it happening, and it's just as like Jesus Christ as you'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I I I do get the I do get the drop. Smoke marijuana out of it. Nice. Um, and pussy tooks. <laughs> but so it, this is mostly in. So we get the shot of uh, someone comes up to tell the president something very important, and everybody's pages go off. I, lo- I love that yeah, shot. That I love shot. that that trope. Actually, it's really fun. I love it when movies do that. So some more gender happens because all of the men in their tuxedos get up and run, and like all of the women are just like left behind. There is a lot of be, gender like, in this film. To talk girl yeah, stuff, the, all, yeah. The women immediately shout "girls' night," um, which is nice though. I think <laughs> yeah, that was good for sure. Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. I don't know. I really didn't like um, this movie. Yeah. I think no, but we we got to have some more situation room, and so it. what happens is. Um, uh, the the Russians have deployed uh, earlier than this was publicly much talked about Novichok nerve agents in Grozny mm. uh, and just used chemical weapons and killed a shitload of people. This leads to some insane ideas for how America could or should respond to this, which culminates in recognize like be- begin provisional diplomatic representation of Chechnya and then deploy NATO peacekeepers. To Chechnya, the same country that the Russian military is fighting a war in, 
through Turkey and Armenia. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. One of them, one of the advisors, asks a question about this. Like, you think Armenia's gonna just like, like go really? for this? Uh, and someone just goes, "Yeah, fine, probably. It'll, it'll screw over the Russians. They'll do it." And knowing that this was like the same amount of forethought that went into like NATO involvement in the Balkans as well, just oh my god, yeah, it's vibes, like... it's vibes. Anyway, and um, the president's like, "Well, okay, we got to respond to the Russians, hardcore big style." Nemirov's clearly gone too far. Aha, I, I would feel like a real dipshit if I was a, a Nemirov apologist. And Jack Ryan stands up and he's like, yo, I, based on vibes, I believe that Nemirov is not behind this, but actually this is some rogue generals. Like, you don't really know this is really Nemirov. Um, and then Nemirov immediately gets on the news and is like, what's up, it's your boy Nemirov, I did it. <laughs> what's yeah. up, he, he stakes- it's your boy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he stakes his reputation on it again. He's like, he's not Russian, he's Lithuanian. Immediately, like two minutes later, Nemirov appears on the news and is like, hey, I definitely did this. I, I ordered chemical weapons in Chechnya. I did it. You get, yeah, you yes, get like such yeah. a classic shit of everyone be like, nice one, dickhead. Like, you even get someone like in the background mm. just be like, nice work, man. Just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Ooh. And then obviously, to allay the audience, we immediately cut to Nemirov speaking to his boy and be like, it's just better if I just take, if I just yeah. say I did it, you know. It's, it, he has a good line here, which is, it's uh, better to appear guilty than impotent, which uh, explains a lot of foreign policy more generally, I feel. Yeah. On the other hand, this is also the ultimate expression of sort of the 90s fantasy of, like, Russians are just Americans trying to get out from the inside. There is also, there's also a very, very interesting moment where one of the advisors, I think, says to the president, well, the Russians are doing the classic thing the Russians always do, which is do something outrageous and dare the world to stop you. And I was like, mm. huh. Mm. Yeah, huh. Interesting. Interesting. It's one of those things yeah. like, you're not wrong, but you shouldn't be the one pointing it out. <laughs> like, yeah. m- much like the thing about like elected officials being stupid. Anyway, uh, n- now we've got to have possibly yes. one of my favorite genres this of scenes. This is the best scene in the fucking movie, hands down. Th- that's true. Because it comes from a different so, movie. This is from fucking Spectre. I greeted this scene, <laughs> like, if you had like a fucking electrocardiogram or something, you could see the exact same bodily responses as like seeing my dog after a long period of yeah, absence. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, Pupils oh, dilate you. when looking at something you love. <laughs> it's my boy. Never thought I'd miss James Bond. Right? Once I recognized this scene for what it was, yeah, immediately. So oh. we're, we're meeting, we're, we're, we're in Hitler 2's conference room. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> with his boys, Goebbels 2, Himmler 2, Bormann 2, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And also the token, like, big guy, the Mongo. Got a Mongo. He's got, like, a, got a Mongo. He's got a oh, henchman. Oh, got a Mongo! This is the best day of my fucking life, dude. <laughs> Mongo, Mongo's here, we got a Mongo, everybody. Called Haft, another just one word. Perfect. So, so, so Hitler 2 goes, is the bomb in place? Someone else goes, yes. And a third guy coughs and shuffles his feet a bit, and I immediately go, ah, it's the we've got to kill this guy right now kind yes. of meeting. Yes. Yes. This guy is getting dropped into a fucking shark tank. Can, can I oh. opt out of the of the doomsday plan, please? Oh yes, certainly. Just go ahead and like, go, go, would you please touch your hand to this e- metal exit plate. Oh, it's oh. a metal plate. Will you help the gentleman with his coat? It's literally <laughs> the fucking scene where like they drop that guy out of the 
limp in view to a kill yes. it's a perfect oh, yeah. scene all the boys that are gathered are like we're all agreed we're gonna do evil right and one guy goes oh maybe we shouldn't do the evil and you can see it cuts from person to person one close-up shot each of them <laughs> fully all going this motherfucker's dead as hell it's yeah. so good it's so good <laughs> A- extra bonus thing: the guy who wants out is French. He's the only French guy in this movie. He's like, "Pepsi, eh, it's time to how you say uh, surrender." And and all the German guys go oh, like, "Right." It's like, as a Frenchman, I am uneasy <laughs> about working with the Nazis. Yeah? <laughs> I'm uneasy about working at all. Um, <laughs> also, it is very interesting that this film is like, okay, Nazis in the 21st century are a problem. And yes, correct, they are. It's interesting that they are like, okay, Nazis in the 21st century are an international group of like secretive men in suits. There's not, Mm. they don't really, they do kind of name check and mention a sort of fascist street movement. Um, But they are kind of mainly, it's mainly kind of like a conspiracy of elites really, which I thought was, I thought was interesting. Um, In some ways kind of prescient and in some ways off the mark. I want to highlight that exact thing, right? Because when this movie came out in 2002, um, the neo-Nazis were sort of replaced in the actual book. It was Arab terrorists of various flavors. but in a- Arab terrorists and one Native American man, yes. Fascinating. Tom Just Clancy is fascinating. insanely racist. But like Roger Ebert awarded this film 3.5 out of 4 stars. He said specifically, he was like, the use of neo-Nazis is just like bullshit, man. There's no, neo- there's no, there's no fucking Nazis anymore, idiot, loser. <laughs> like he fully... <laughs> His one major criticism was using neo-Nazis, and we're like, no, they're back. In fairness, there's there's, there's a lot of dumbasses involved, because the director made the decision to switch it from from, uh, Palestinian terrorists to neo-Nazis, and the reason why he did this is because he didn't think that Islamist terrorists could conduct an attack inside the United States. Released in 2002, but they were, yeah. So as you know, it's yeah, uh, yeah. developed before. Wow, I mean, that's so weird. Um... Crazy. That's, that's really got a bizarre series of coincidences. Because something that I found quite interesting is later on, skipping ahead a little bit because it's not that not that bad. Is Hitler two does a live stream when he talks he about how like oh Hitler one sucked ass like Hitler was a fool. He didn't have the technology available at the time. He didn't have mass communication. He didn't take advantage of like mass media that we, the way that we do now. And I was like fuck like this film is kind of weirdly prescient about about oh, modern fascism in a weird way. In some ways. But so so we, we go to the port of Baltimore where there's a big room full of chains, the big chain room. Uh-huh. Uh, and one weird, <laughs> nervous looking guy walks in. Send word to our undercover guy, the most suspicious man of all time. Yeah, yeah, he looks like an immediately forthcoming workplace shooter. Mm. But the other thing Fantastic. is a guy a guy tries to make friends with him, and the guy who tries to make friends with him is black. And I don't know any black man in America who would see a skinny white guy with creepy tattoos that he doesn't want to talk about the tattoos or show you the tattoos and go, best friends time. That's my boy right there. He he checks in on his blokes, and I hope this guy survived what happens later in this film. Because this guy is one of the only unambiguously nice characters we see. Yeah, yeah, he really does try, but the, th- the thing about the tattoos, I thought that was leading to a sort of Wayne Grow moment, a sort of American History X moment, where we would see the sleeve go up and you'd see the fucking swastika, but we, we don't. Instead, what we see is that this guy receives his orders from, like, Hitler at gmail.com, being like, it's, ti- it's time to do some shit. It's time for terrorism. Activate. Go. John Clark um, finds, uh, the, finds the missing scientists in Ukraine. 
um, mm. or the Ukraine, as this film calls it. And uh, basically, it gives all the evidence to Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman's like, holy shit, Namorov is building a secret nuke off the books um, so that he can so that he can use it and nobody's going to know it's him. Probably going to use it in Chechnya. And Ben Affleck's like, no, nah, Namorov's my boy. He's not going to do it. Um, so th- then they do the classic thing that they always do to Jack Ryan, which is like, well, you better go out there and fucking investigate it. So go to Russia. Yeah, yeah the, classic. Your classic sort of rigmarole of, Oop. but I'm not a field guy versus you have to. Uh, oh, okay then. Take this tactical palm pilot uh, <laughs> and, and, and go and go hang out with uh, with John Clark. Uh, and John Clark sort of like bullies him a bit. It's quite fun. Uh, it's, he also he makes fun of him for thinking that he's James Bond. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Uh, that there's, there's a bit when they get off the boat to go infiltrate the place where they're building the bomb, uh, and Ryan's like, I'm, I'm not going in there, and Clark just goes, yeah, of course you're not, you're staying here to make sure no one steals the boat. Yeah, his line, his really line like. is, relax, 007, which is quite, yeah. it's quite good. Um, <laughs> yeah. John Clark also has fence melting spray, which is what I'm going to need to steal that nuclear bomb from that field. <laughs> um, and also, I knew that this would bug you as much as it bugged me, Alice. He finds broken glass mm. all over the floor of the labs as he's yes, infiltrating it, yeah. and instead of ghost walking, he just walks on the glass. Yeah, just insane. Idiot. <laughs> Fool. Stealthy. He goes, in, he, he, he goes in to find all of the scientists dead, being eaten by dogs, and uh, this is a problem I have with most movies. The, the kind of dogs that you get to act... The, the, by definition, they're too nice to be frightening. Mm. So you, you get like a stage animal to try and look aggressive, and it just it looks like it's playing because it thinks it is. Yeah, it's so f- it's um, always so deeply funny where they've got like a German Shepherd or something, and it's doing the thing where it's like baring its teeth and licking a lot, and you can see in its eyes, but it's just like, oh boy, I'm doing it again. We <laughs> and they're putting the noise of like an angry dog over it or something. It's always so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, but so, some Ukrainian soldiers show up, and John Clark gets himself into a pickle. He gets held at gunpoint by these two guys, and Ryan has to go and attempt to rescue him. Um, but we see that Clark is like dangerous because he's about to kill both these guys by himself, uh, and it's actually kind of handled quite well. He like pretends to like not understand them and like to only speak English, and he's like shining a flashlight in their eyes and we don't actually see that he's holding the gun until he's like it's in his hand mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty cool um and then uh uh ryan comes up behind them and clark's like shoot these guys shoot these guys and ryan doesn't he he forces them to surrender instead which is you know a nice bit of character moment yeah for sure also yeah, like he has the magic ability to speak ukrainian because you know he's he does, smart yeah. but he does call it the ukraine and then it's therefore cancelled he does, he does, because he is asking, you know, what's Jerk Vanderklerk doing in the Ukraine? And what Jerk Vanderklerk is doing in the Ukraine is... is oh, just a little bit of business, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fitting this bomb into a, we don't know this yet, but into a vending machine. So at this point, we now get the Nazi vlog. Uh, yes, because we, this we, is a we see this- really, like, solidly, solidly put together scene, although it's very funny that his... um. His assessment of why fascism is good is that fascism is like a virus, brackets, positive. Yeah, yeah well, he's, he, it, there's, a, there's a really weird bit where he's like, fascism is like a virus, specifically like the AIDS virus. Fascism is gay as hell, yo. The, the, the workplace shooter-looking guy uncrating this big vending machine and rolling it into place mm. in, in Baltimore. Yes, very odd. Um, but also, he has the same plan that fucking Blofeld had from from Russia with yes. Love. He's like, we will make the Russians and the United States destroy each other. And also, this is the same plan from fucking uh, You Only Live Twice, which is the yep. nuclear weapon and then question mark 
fascism time? Yeah, China time. Yeah, it's you. You simply create a you know nuclear exchange that probably makes the entire Earth uninhabitable, and then it's party time. That's um, right. Specifically, National Socialist Democratic Workers or German Workers Party time. Get the D mixed up. Anyway, uh, so but we see the Budweiser blimp. We see the president's motorcade arriving, and we see that the Nazis are coming for the most America thing of all: football. This is yeah. This is unbelievable. There's just like a whole Foot series of shots. Ball. Footed ball. They're at a football game, baby. Oh, they've got cheerleaders. One of they've America's best cultural contributions. It's true. It's true. Need to invent fanboy cheerleaders, though. That's my only opinion about that. Oh, nice. The other patented, mm. patented copyright, copyright pending. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, Jack Ryan is like trying to phone. Uh, oh, like be like, a f- half hour of this fucking movie is like trying to get your dad on his mobile. They're literally like phoning him up. They're like, mate. Mate, there's a fucking <laughs> nuclear weapon, and like he's there, like I'm at a football game. Can't hear you. Sorry, <laughs> football must not be important. The- and just like hangs up on him two times. <laughs> like C- Cabot, buddy. Cabot's like there with the president. The president isn't. E- he doesn't even get a box. He's just like in the stands too, so nobody can hear anybody. Um, I'm, yeah, so- I'm sorry, but listeners, one of one of our listeners who is on TikTok is going to invent fanboy cheerleader outfit, and it's just going to get like fucking millions of views. I'm, I'm still yes, hung up on yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Guarantee it exists. Um, uh, you think you can get fanboy cheerleaders from the next live show? Not for any particular reason. I just want that. Anyway, they... um, <laughs> he keeps form? calling Morgan Freeman. He keeps calling Ma- Ma- Morgan Freeman. He's a Martin Freeman. He keeps calling Morgan Freeman. During football, again, yeah, which famously doesn't have a lot of little little breaks for you to check your phone. People in. are yelling um, all the time during the football. Is the thing about like football defense, yeah. defense, <laughs> things of this nature. Come uh, on, and so Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman is just about able to piece together a uh, bomb directly under your ass now. Bain, Bain uh, so has funny. destroyed no. the stadium. <laughs> It's so much fucking funnier than that because, like, the reveal isn't. Oh, you fuck! You're right. Yeah, it's, he says he says Baltimore, and he stands <laughs> up in front of a big sign that says "Welcome to the Baltimore." It's because so this movie funny. thinks you That's are an where idiot. Where the Baltimore is? It's so funny. That's it's like, where he's in it. for Baltimore. No, <laughs> they're like, there's a nuclear bomb at Baltimore, and he stands up, and the shot is him in like a corner and a massive sign. There's like a says, huge pile of old Bay Spice directly in the camera lens. So fucking good, so good. And then in response to that, he realizes that the attack is going to be happening at that game, and he looks around, and you get like a full minute of just montage of America that is under threat. It's like cheerleaders, there are kids in the stand, there are milfs, there are women. It's going to vaporize the femboy cheerleaders and the milfs. They're going to obliterate the femboy. Oh, no. They they get the president out of there ASAP. Yeah, under the big sign that says, it seems you've made another mistake by coming to Baltimore. (laughs) Also... It, it it does it does the thing uh, that Air Force that One does. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> it, it, it does the Air Force One thing again, where the, the Secret Service presidential detail is two guys, yeah, and those two yeah. guys grab the president and run for the limo. Okay, um, it's like why aren't they in a box? But whatever. Um, and I was like, I didn't think they'd have the fucking balls. I didn't think they'd do it. But they fully nuke that stadium in this movie. They fully do the it. Nuke they fully goes do it. The nuke off. Way, the way they do it, I like the way they do it. It's actually, good. Which is it's really good. We, we, we cut to we cut to Kathy at work. 
she's like checking in. It's normal. The the TV screen is on. It's got like no, it's fine. So 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 the football men are upset, and the screen goes white. And a hundredth of a second later, uh, you, you see the bomb, re- the like the the flash reaches them, blows out all the windows, throws everybody across the room, uh, because they're like across the city. Mm. Um, and and it's it's fucking devastating. Like they they just. The city of Baltimore is just like completely fucking taken out by by a nuclear bomb, and I yeah, I, it, I was it wipes. I was like really affected by the scene. It was like it's quite quite powerfully done. I mean, I know we haven't spoken yeah, to yeah. each other in quite a long time, but I never thought it would end like this, you know. <laughs> well, I, so the presidential motorcade gets swept off the roads. Uh, Ryan is in a helicopter trying to call Morgan Freeman, and the helicopter just gets knocked out of the sky. Uh, it's a really well changes. done shot. Like the the whole scene is really good. Mm. Um, they did it. They wiped Baltimore off the fucking map. And this is the point where I stopped paying attention to the movie because I started just thinking of names for like the part that used to be Baltimore, like the fucking, mm, you know, the uh, the wastes. Yeah, the wastes, the Baltimore exclusion zone, I mean, things like. Given given that this happened about the same time that like nine eleven actually happened, you'd think they just call it Ground Zero. They do. They do call it Ground Zero in the film. Mm-hmm. Really? They do I'm refer to it as anyway. Ground Zero. They said we're half a mile from Ground Zero when the radiation teams go. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. So um, there's a fucking mushroom yeah, cloud so- as well. Ryan scrambles out of the helicopter yeah. and sees a mushroom cloud over Baltimore, and it's like fucking yeah. hell. They caramelized those Absolutely. fucking milfs. They did it. They fucking yeah, set off that nuke. I'm the biggest video essayist in the world now. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we, we 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 find out why this hasn't just vaporized everything because this is a problem with doing nuclear weapons as a plot threat. Like this is that nuclear weapons are actually too deadly. Uh, yeah. We find out that the the, the nuclear device in, in the book it like it fizzles is what it does and it, so it creates an explosion that is like slightly less than a Hiroshima, which is enough to only destroy the city of Baltimore. Um, Ryan Ryan gets on the radio of the helicopter, which bullshit that still works. Yeah, I don't believe that. I thought the whole point of nuclear weapons was that they did an EMP that destroys toasters. I remember Roger Moore telling us this. Yeah, I saw it. It was in Roger Moore. It was Toaster. in Modern Warfare Two. Um, yeah, yeah. Goldeneye. Yeah. Goldeneye. All of these things that I trust as sources of, of information. Of course. Mm. It's what I did instead of, like, uh, physics A-level. Um, right. They get so, the president out alive, and they get him onto a helicopter. Yeah, there's a, and- there's a thing that I like in this scene. The the Marines, uh, they fly in, and they, they pull uh, the, the limo apart, and they rescue him. And I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the way that this movie conveys radiation... This is good. No, this is really good. Mm, I wrote this down as another, like, putting on my fucking, like, uh, grading hat, another decision I really like. The entire scene where, like, they're pulling him out in the the Baltimore wasteland, the entire scene where they're pulling them out of there is, like, really limited grey-green palette, like, there's a small amount of grain and noise over the whole thing. I liked it. I think it was an effective way to communicate it. Well, I, the thing is, I don't know shit about cinema, which is why I do this podcast. Oh, but me neither, don't I? I do, know, I do know a lot about esoteric weapons, and one thing I can tell you is that uh, ionizing radiation exposure absolutely fucks with film yeah, and camera. Yeah, it really does. It really uh, does. And so, and so using film grain to convey radiation exposure is a very smart thing to do, whether you know that or not. Anyway, so Ryan, Ryan survives, and Ryan's like, look, um, no way the Russians did this. It wasn't Nemirov. And the president's not going to believe that. So the name of the game for the rest of the film is Stop the President of the United States from Retaliating Against the Russians and Ending the World. Yeah. 
we see we see Nemirov get uh, get gotten out of bed where where the American president has two guys. He only has like one guy who like puts a dressing gown on and is like, oh well, nuclear war might be starting. Do you want to come down to the bunker? Um, yeah. We we the president has to get on a plane. They uh, okay, so they land the National Airborne Operations Center, the so-called Night Watch plane, for him. That's bullshit. You don't land it for the president. That's the opposite of what it's for. You put him on Air Force One, and he does it from there. But okay, fine. It's a conceit, whatever. I think it's yeah. a cool plane. I just wanted to talk about it. The point is that it's flying around all the time. So if the president gets caramelized along with all the milfs, there's a guy already no! up there who can do all this shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's good. We get the contrast with the opening really sort good. of like fire yeah, drill thing awesome. because yeah, everybody's yeah. panicking. The guys, like one of the guys, can't get his chair to unfold, and he just like throws it across like the room. It's, it's this is a really good send up of like the American sense of of nobility, like because you see the one at the start where they're all so calm, so normal. And then when it happens for real, everyone's like fully bitch made the entire way. I think it's a really, really good scene. I really like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the president yells at everyone. Yeah, it's good. In fact, in fact, what he yells at everyone is. Uh, this is too much goddamn bullshit. Which will be useful for me later on. Yeah, perhaps. Um, <laughs> we also see that the Nazis have a dude inside the Russian Air Force who yes. like, tells his guys, "Hey, the Americans just nuked Moscow. Go and attack this American aircraft carrier in retaliation." Yeah. yeah, which which they do, and we see them almost sink it. Which is again a very clancy thing of like you can't actually have them sink it. That would be too bad. Yeah. So this this escalates accordingly. Um, meanwhile, Ryan has to go and and talk to after the neo Nazis, the second greatest enemy of America nerds? in the Tom Clancy verse. Uh, oh, nerds? nerds. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say an officious black woman. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, because oh yeah, he he go he goes to talk to the the Air Force radiation team, and the captain in charge of that is like. Yeah, take a number. We'll have a report out tomorrow. And it's like that. There was a, a, a nuclear weapon. I. Did, what level of bureaucracy is it plausible to expect any of these people to be on? To be like, yeah, no, wait, wait, twenty four to forty eight hours. Um, yeah, we promise that we will get back to you within six months after the nuclear explosion. It's just deeply funny yeah. for that to be a nuke. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, we have no interest in finding out where this came from. Actually. Mm-hmm. The, and like the fucking the the racial component of this, it makes it like a worse version of the fucking receptionist scene from fucking Crash. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. But so he does end up getting her to like do what he wants, which is patch him through to I fuck I don't even remember who the, he speaks the to whole some nerds. back half of this movie. Yeah, it's just uh, he speaks to some guys calling. He does, and the yeah. nerds yeah. tell him the plutonium from this bomb was made in the United States. This is the evidence that he needs. He goes to see Morgan Freeman, who's like, oh, I've been in a nuclear explosion and I'm dying, but take my palm pilot and talk to Michael Byrne and see Gently what he whispers do. Rosebud. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also whispers girlfriend, like, hey, is this your girlfriend okay? girlfriend alright? How's she doing? He's trying to wingman him, even in the grips of dying. She'll love it. Do close-up magic. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start drinking sparkling water. It's important. <laughs> sparkling Water. Uh, we get the best product placement in this movie, which is Ryan. Ryan has to go to get to like uh, Mason, this like school shoes looking guy, his work. Um, and in order to do that, he steals in the midst of a nuclear incident an immaculate GMC truck. Yeah, just absolutely. This shit perfect. is like not a 
dent on it. It's perfect. He he crashes it in the next scene. Before we this get, goes like, any further, driving through for exactly thing. two and a half people in the audience, maybe the way that Alice just said water there, um, sparkling water, while trying to do an impression yeah, of how a normally dying, like a radiation dying Andrew Tate, <laughs> sounded exactly like Savior Renegade Angel. <laughs> I don't, and that's why this is for two people. You, what is that? <laughs> what, what What are you talking about? about? What, am, am I being owned? No, here? I don't know either. This is too deep, even for me. Um, but anyway, the United okay. States and Russia are like about. They're on MSN chat with each other, and and they're like nudging each other and getting mad. And then Ryan has yeah, a fight with Mongo, um, in in the docks, which doesn't mm-hmm. really tell him anything. But he, he basically he finds yeah. out that it's Hitler too. Yeah. He he try he does try some field expedient torture of the Mongo guy who just it doesn't work which I like yeah, it doesn't tell nice. him anything yeah um so some other shit that happens it, it that we get sort of the strange love thing here and this is all like it's fine it's plausible mm. lots of plausible Tense. series of like the thing that seems like the least crazy decision out of a set of them actually like culminates it adds up to sort of a, a nightmare escalation. Um, where everybody's like, okay, well, we'll try a, like a limited conventional response, and then maybe a bigger conventional response, and then maybe like a selective response. Mm-hmm. Um, we we see Kathy who is like treating people who have had like treating milfs uh, and femboy cheerleaders in her hospital. Uh, this is much nicer than it should be. I feel like you could have got some real horror here that mostly doesn't do. Mm-hmm. We also, of course, this being a nuke movie, we have to see a guy get fucked up by acute radiation syndrome, and so Clark, who is in. Israel, I guess, goes to see the guy who put his hand on the bomb and that guy's fucked up. He's not even that fucked up compared to the guys in Chernobyl, but he is dying. No. No. He, he's, he's like, become bald. And he's, he's got really he's sunken like, eyes. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah, and he's like, it was this one guy. Uh, Olsen. The guy's really happy all the time. He was Jerk van der Klerk. Son of a bitch. Yeah. We, we now get to a point where uh, the Americans are going to initiate something they call Snap Count, which is tr- attempt to destroy every Russian nuclear weapon in one go so that they can't retaliate. They'll be left with like 300 to 400. And then in a fantastically strange love line, the Secretary of Defense describes this as he's probably going to push back from the table and call it a night, <laughs> which I really like. But so the, the, they launched the, the stealth bombers, the B-2s, in order to do this. And Tom Clancy on the director's commentary track has a bit of a meltdown about this. Yes. Because he refuses to accept the plot hole of how do the Russians know the stealth bombers have taken off when they're stealth bombers. That's a good point. And and it re- did occur to me, actually. He really cannot get past this. It's like, uh, I think he literally goes at one point, do you know what the word stealth means? So good. And it's not... It's not that consequential a plot hole as the to thing. To be fair, if I it's was the like, Russians, I would have a guy in the ground crew. Yeah, for sure. He texted me. Um, That's how I know. Mm, uh, so that he he takes uh, he goes to the Pentagon. He gets flown to the Pentagon, and uh, Ryan does, and he tries to get in, but he sees that his ID card is actually Morgan Freeman's, and it's not working. He's like swiping, and it's not working. It's not working because it's been you know nuked up or whatever. And the guard, the cop there, is like. Escalating a situation in the way that cops do, of being like, "Hey, can you can you show me that ID card for a second? Uh, and Ryan doesn't want to do it because it's not his picture. Ryan's like, like, no, look, it, 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 it says M on it, which I'm I'm trying to change it. It's just, it's just really complicated. <laughs> yeah, the, it's been it's an old picture. It's been a few years, and he's like, uh, yeah. tapping he used to the be card black. again and again. <laughs> <laughs> and older. And the, uh, 
and the cop is like fully in like sir step away from the thing mode. Yeah, it's so good. And then it just goes through, and that cop goes from like a hundred miles an hour to zero. Like <laughs> it's like, cold. I was like you yeah. absolutely cannot tell me that that would remove the tension. Yeah. <laughs> the AI just, switches to friendly. <laughs> the cop immediately is just like must have been the wind, and just like walks away. That's a bigger <laughs> plot hole to me than the fucking B two bombers. Is this cop being like going from okay, I have one hand on my pistol here. To oh well probably nothing. He's got like um, the full like one hand on the pistol, the other hand like holding out to stop Jack, and then it goes boop, and he just goes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Have you seen the high elves? And you're like, all right, perfect, man, absolutely. Do you get to the Pentagon District very often? <laughs> what am I saying? Um, of course you don't. Of course you don't. The president's about to order the final strike. The guys are lined up. They're like, in order to activate the strike, you have to do the penis inspection. Mm-hmm. The president's like, yeah, fine. Um, and Ryan insinuates his way into the Pentagon uh, and gets on the hotline, which is a, like a teletype. And he starts texting the Russian president. You are. He's wearing, by the way, a sick turtleneck. Yeah, he rules. He looks thing. cool. Kieran Hines loves a turtleneck, I've noticed. Also, they do um, the same thing that they did in Red October, where the inside of the American, like, command is on Air Force One, which is really brightly lit, and, you know, everyone, like, you can see everything. Inside of the Russian mm-hmm. nuclear bunker looks like the inside of a Klingon warbird. Everything's, like, green and red, and there's, like, beefing, and it looks evil. Really insane. Yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to, like, read anything in there. It's really dark. Mm. Um, but, but so, he, he, he talks both sides out of nuclear war at once by talking about how nuclear weapons aren't at risk of being used in anger but out of fear and like fear of the past uh and like we gotta you know get away from this and also i can prove it was hitler too yeah it's quite a good theme actually he's like look these like massive weapons are being used not out of any sense of strategy or kind of military advantage but just out of fear and i was like that is actually quite a good message probably also applies to a lot of what the cia did uh and also a lot of the conventional military but okay Oh sure, we 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 gotta kill this democratic reformer just in case mm-hmm. shit gets too hostile for mm-hmm. us. That kind of thing. Um, but so uh, President James Con- James Cromwell he gets snapped out of being bad president into back into being good president because the Russians stand uh, out. Yeah, and he and he he calls off the strike. He like puts his dick back away. Uh, and then a sort of like very good president move. He's like, oh, can I use the phone now that Jack Ryan's off of it? Yeah, it's, again, everyone's like a little joke. Everyone's like violence level just goes down another two, they'll reset to friendly. Yeah. So Jack Ryan's dialogue skill was one hundred and he just talked them out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Ryan goes to see Kathy and she's just fine. She's fine, don't worry. It's, she's she's been she's been treating people who have been like melted and like torn up by broken glass all day. She goes on to have two children, so she's she's really fine. She's so fine. She's fine than anyone has any right to be. She she doesn't even seem tired. Yeah. She looks very good considering she's just been in a nuclear explosion. I hope I'm half as good when I am. And and then we we see that the the two presidents sign a big treaty together. This is and we get Godfather. He's seen the most insane thing I've ever seen. This is the The, weird this this The scene title in, so in the synopsis is literally called Business Gets Handled. Right? It's literally, it's genuinely the most insane, like, loose ends tie-up I've ever seen in a fucking raising, movie. <laughs> raising a glass once again after Air Force One to the spectre of Russian-American joint black operations. They're literally playing um, Nessun Dorma. <laughs> it's just... A, th- a thing that people have wanted to do forever... 
and has never happened. Oh, got it. John Clark kills the guy in Damascus. They're um, playing Pavarotti to... over all of this. I cannot stress this enough for the audience, for they're playing <laughs> Pavarotti <laughs> while, like, dudes get fucking ice cubed 24-7. The Russian dude who ordered the strike gets fucking got, like, Miller's Crossing. Yeah, it's two dudes, like, fully fully the, like, Dutch angle of two, upwards of two dudes pulling triggers, like, and then the jerk van der Klerk gets his, his dome knifed, he gets his throat slit by, um, by Carter. Yeah, he's yeah. he's Hitler like too. um he's I th- it, wait is this is this is this music is it in the movie or is it not is it, diege- is it are diegetic, you diegetic or not, or not that's the fucking word it's because like it's playing over the whole thing but then when we cut to Olsen, he's like like pretend maestroing it thank you yeah, I've got yeah, words yeah. in my mind um <laughs> so is so is he li- I, I, mm, yeah, he, 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 he dies, and then Hitler 2 tries to outwit them. Hitler 2 is like, okay, they're gonna try and kill me with a car bomb, well, I'll have my guy get in, start the car while I'm across the street, and when it doesn't explode, I'll get in and drive off. Yeah. Hitler 2 has also been smoking the whole time, and the vending machine's like a cigarette vending machine. Mm. His guy starts up the car, doesn't explode. I really, I really just enjoy his guy starting the car as, like, the most nervous cunt on God's earth, the way yeah, he's, like, he's like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. I really enjoyed but, that. But Hitler 2, Hitler 2 gets in the car, then he hits the cigarette lighter, and of course explodes. My insane um, villain death I've seen since The Rock. Maybe even more so. It was smart. I liked it. it. I, li- I liked the lighter. But it was thing. Michael Byrne. Uh, Michael uh, Byrne looks on in a flat cup and goes, ha ha ha, I'm Michael Byrne. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then Michael Byrne has to do one more <laughs> I'm Michael Byrne thing, where he sees Jack and Kathy outside the White House, and he's like, hey, maybe I can be a confidential source to you now. And also... Uh, you're gonna get engaged. Here's a present, and they have not told anyone about this. And they're like, "How do you know?" And he's like, "Communist magic," and that's the what if what <laughs> if a mole was your dad? What if what, what if, if that? What if what that? if that? Let's think about that for I, a minute. Huh? I mean, <laughs> oh, what if what if you had to fucking show a guy your dick to launch the nukes? What, I, if, mm. what if they'd reduced Baltimore to a slag heap? What if it was formerly called the former Baltimore Memorial Wasteland? <laughs> <laughs> no, they would they would call it like the Morgan Freeman Memorial Baltimore Wasteland. <laughs> the glowing sea. Just Yeah. I so I mean Don't worry about this, it. This this movie's got a lot of misogyny in it. Oh yeah. In that all of the tough decisions are made by men, even when women have like serious jobs, they're either your mum or like something that happens off screen and then they're fine. They just handle that shit. Women be just internally handling shit. It's, it's which is a rare sort of like yeah. It's just for scene where like, in some all ways. the men get up and leave because something important's happened, and like it's just so like the visual language is just well, the important men have gone now, and now it's women. Now it's now it's women's hour here at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah, the first lady gets up and starts doing bits about women. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What does it say about masculinity? Um, it's probably not good to like be too macho, otherwise you might destroy all life on Earth. But on the other hand, you have to. Well, also that it masks fear, which I think is yeah. is yeah. Quite true. No, that, it's true. almost good. Jack Ryan does give a speech, and it's it's not to the extent of a "How dare you, sir?" speech, which is an all time high for this podcast and indeed humanity. Mm. 
Um, but <laughs> it it is a good speech where he's just yelling about like how everyone's too afraid to step down, so it's just going to inexorably like continue to get worse and worse. And it is fine. It is delivered in a very cringe manner, but it's not wrong. It's a it's a shame that they don't really engage with fascism in in the twenty first century, like. It's a shame that nobody at the end is like, oh, we, because at the end, the Russian and the American presidents are like, we got to work together and like not kill each other. But it's a shame that no one goes and also deal with the Nazis, right? Right? Because it turns yeah. out they're back. Like, it's a shame they don't really sure. interrogate that. Well, because we killed them. We killed Hitler too, so it's over. Um, I, I also see why this is sort of um, it, its own thing, why this reboot didn't last is because one of the weirder features of the the Tom Clancy, one of the Ryan verse, if you will, is that you have to do it in a world where 9-11 didn't happen, but Baltimore no longer exists, and also yeah. the US capital got 9-11. 9-11 didn't um, happen, but there is no longer Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, there's just the wastes. You're watching The Wire in, in this timeline? I'm sorry, halfway through season one, something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's um, a lot of great media that won't be coming out of Baltimore. Um, but we have a science-based system on this podcast. It's called yes, the Scum we System. Stands for smarm, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, misogyny. How smarmy is this movie? Not nearly as smarmy as I think, uh, for instance, Clear and Present Danger was. It's not quite as... Not as smarmy as it might have been. Yes, very I, true. I, I think it's... It's not even as kind of like, oh, America, as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I... So pretty low. Like I, I don't want to go to like a two, but I could do a three for this. Okay, a three. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Cultural insensitivity. Cultural incense- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rus- Russian Russians are warmongers, except when they want to be American. Arabs are stupid. Um, fuck. What else? I think that's pretty. Those are the two big hits of like racism in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a vicious black woman. Uh... Oh fuck! You suck. You're so right. Yeah. And I was the one who brought that up. Too. How do we feel about a uh, four or a five? I. Mm, it's bad, but I would say a four. It's nice. Well, I say it's nice. It's it's different that it's broad. <laughs> At least that we're insulting lots of different groups of people rather than you know picking one punching bag. Mm. You wouldn't have used that excuse with Bond. I did use that excuse with Bond on one occasion, in fact. Yeah, yeah. and it was bad then. Wrong, um, it was bad then, too. Uh, um, unprovoked violence. There's a little bit of torture. It doesn't work, though. Yeah, it, it seems sort of more as like frustration than anything Genuinely else. not a ton uh, of unprovoked violence. In fact, as always, Jack Ryan is attempting to stop any violence from occurring. So... Yeah. yeah, he stops Clark from killing those two Ukrainian guys. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And also, the film is kind of about how violence can appear justified even when it isn't, as a result of you know decision making going wrong. So one uh, yeah. or two or shit. I I, I think the the one. only sort of oh, yeah, Man, I'd I say think one it, I even think it might be a one yeah. legitimately. Okay. Now only because <laughs> the misogyny <laughs> is is that violence is bad. Now misogyny, on the other hand, <laughs> take it away. Women. Women, women really do women. the uh, not working in important jobs. Even when they're in the CIA, they're mostly there to like be like, "Great job, by the way, I'm pregnant." Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Even when they're doctors, they're mostly there to be like, "I love you so much, let's get married." Yes. Um, Very much emphasizing the role of care in being a doctor, which, in my experience, mm-hmm. is a fucking joke. She's. We've seen in previous in previous things. She's an eye surgeon. Yeah. That. We see her scrubbing up in this one, but even then she's talking about boys while she does it. Yeah, oh yeah, this shit does is. not pass the Birch Dothos at all. Uh, no, no, I don't know if it even passes the Coral <laughs> that I invented that one time. 
No, I it, it, it's bad. Again, like most of the Ryan stuff, it's like misogyny of omission rather than commission. Nobody like turns to the camera and goes like, "Oh, women are silly," but five? they're not like si- serious actors. I would say five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that gives us a total score of thirteen, which is the best Jack Ryan film. Just. Just. It's, it's, it's not the best one to watch, no. but it, morally, I, I'm afraid it's incontroversial. It's got so the far, most scenes so where far. I have earnestly said I like the way this one is done. Um, yes, that's the movie, true. not great. I like the grading. I think the good it's half with what the Clear and Present Danger got, so at least they're getting better. You fucking hell, God, Jesus yeah, and Christ. At least we don't have to deal with like Willem, Willem Dafoe's John Clark. There's only one Jack Ryan film left now as well. They, they did yeah, there's um, Shadow Recruit from 2014, but last year they did do a John Clark movie, and I don't know if we want to toss it on the end as a victory did lap they? as well. They did. Oh, Michael God, B. Jordan I, 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 I will as uh, John Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. That John would Clark. be that very interesting. I do actually yeah, want because, to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's interesting because of like the ways in which Clancy writes about John Clark and the kinds of masculinity he's supposed to do. All right, Fun. we're very quickly going to become kill John Clark. Um, <laughs> but so the next one, then the next mainline episode is going to be uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. I Means the next bonus is going to be Kung Fu Hustle. Have we, right? have we ever tried mm. to kill someone whose first name didn't begin with a J? Uh, not yet, but we'll get there. They're gonna run out of J's at some what, point. What's, what's, what's the what's the guy in Mission Impossible called? Ethan Hunt. In, uh, Ethan. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna, gonna kill, kill Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Hunt. We'll get to him yeah. at some stage. Okay. Yeah, at some point, as it's like down the line. Yes, we'll get we'll to him. In get the meantime, to you. thank you for listening to Kill James Bond. We have a Patreon. You can subscribe, subscribe to, to it. Subscribe to it if you uh, ever want us to not detonate these nuclear weapons that we have stolen. <laughs> sign up to the Kill James Bond right. Patreon. That's right. That's right. That's right. In the meantime, uh. We don't, we don't have nothing to like award for this movie, no rosettes, no Nothing, nothing came out actually. at me. There's no one who has a one scene thing. I miss no, my Kronsteins. No. I miss my Kaufmans. Actually, actually, no, you know what? Kronstein to the French guy who's like, actually, I think we should maybe not be in the plan anymore. That guy. I think he deserves it. He's a good, no, good night cross because he decides to not, not do the Oh, plan. fuck, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, good night cross. Okay, good. Excellent. Well, bye. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. That's right, I am back. Do not you worry. They couldn't keep me away for that long. Um, The next episode of Kill James Bond in two weeks' time is, of course, Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, uh, where, as they were wont to do in the mid-2010s, they rebooted a series and gave it to one of the Hollywood Chris's to deal with. Um, I literally don't recall which one. But if that is simply too long for you to wait, then we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash killjamesbond, all bond word, where next week on the bonus feed, Kung Fu Hustle. And special thanks, of course, to our £15 and above patrons, speaking of, who are Christine Fox, Fox Winchester, Jack Holmes, Paint McCalla, George Rohak, Thomas Oberhart, Nick Boris, Yarrick, Carolyn Tankersley, Benno Rice, Morgan Bennett, Kit Devine, Library Hitman, Max Gamenhart, Jonathan Gerdes, Dread Pirate Robin, J. Martindale, Safira Lucifera, X 
Rex has gone from Neander Luciferex. Uh, Kentucky Fried Commie, Hell Blood Hands, Fremen Commissar Jen, Jen Mothman, Top O, Big Titty Goth Girl, Ellie Without the E, Trip, Sydney Steckle, Charlie Out of the Closet, Jenna and Poor, Elizabeth Cox, Turf Seat Shit and Die Alone, Zoe Shepard, Finn Ross, Alfredo, I make Devon say this out loud, Al Irwing, Ryle Leal, Wolfie, Millie, Josh Simmons, Bon Bon. <sighs> JM one 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 five one nine Lauren Bass and Tristan Wolf Emily is sorry about last time I don't recall so I forgive you naturally uh, and Quinn Aleri thank you Gil James Bond is of course Alice Abigail and Devon our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay our podcast art is by Matty Lovchansky and our website is by Tom Allen see ya. <laughs> <laughs>